What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Boiler Up Rayfield Davis podcast. Um, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you check us out on YouTube, the Rayfield Davis podcast. Um, check us out at therayfielddavisbasketball.com. Our camp's coming up in West Lafayette in March for spring break, then also Fort Wayne for Fort Wayne Community Schools, April 5th through 7th. Make sure you sign up on the website, check them out. <clears throat> Today, we got a real special guest. Someone I grew up watching real close, someone I grew up watching play ball, I learned a lot from. I was sneaking to his workouts to the point where I got to stick into his workouts at Speeds with Brian. <laughs> um, someone, like I said, a great scorer. I think he's number two scorer at Northside all time. Um, a guy that could really put the ball in the, in the basket. Probably the best point guard that's ever played at Northside High School in Fort Wayne. Uh, one of the best guards that's ever played at IPFW, now PFW. Um, a leader, a high school coach, a mentor, a trainer. Uh, just a man of many things, all doing basketball. What's up, Justin Jordan? How you doing? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. Nah, I appreciate you joining, man. It's always good to talk to somebody you know. So Yes, sir. What's up, Justin? I know you just had your first coaching, your first coaching experience with Wicko on the girl side. Mm -hmm. I know your father grew up coaching on the girl side. But I want to start there. What was that like growing up as a coach's son? Although, I mean, you wasn't necessarily coaching the boys, but you're still a coach's son. You're in the gym. You're at practice. What's that like? It's a different man. You, I think it's something you got to be, um, you have to something you got to get used to. But um, like I said, I was always around ball. And he he actually did start off as a boys coach at Harding first, freshman coach for a couple of years under Al Gooden, and then um, transitioned over to the girls. But uh, it's something that you got to get used to. And I stuck with it and loved it. And ever since then, I've just always been into it. So. That's what's up. And when did you, I mean, because for me, I know kind of your background with ball, kind of coming up, watching you play. But when did kind of you when did you pick up the ball? When did you know balls for you? When did you realize, even though you were smaller, that you were gonna turn into one of the best guards come out the city? So I started playing when I was about four or five years old. Um, again, always in the gym. I think my true love came for it when I was about eight or nine, playing in a Y ball. I was playing Y ball out in New Haven. And I just remember uh doing the basic stuff, working on my right hand and my left hand, and then I remember shooting making my first left hand layup. When I was like nine years old, and I remember my uh, my dad just going berserk because we had worked on it for so long. And uh, after that, I mean, the rest was history. So it was that's a special moment I always remember. So it might be real silly and basic, but it was it was a good time. No, that's what's up. And uh, obviously, I mean, you're good as a youth, good in all the Wileys, good at that. Do you get in Northside? You kind of coming to your own. You playing behind some guys, and then kind of you take over. What's that like being in a position where you are the best player on the floor. Yeah, so when I got to Northside my freshman year, there was seven seniors ahead of me. So I had to, I had to wait my time. And at the time, I, I felt like I could have helped um, out or whatever. But I know those guys that were there, they were bigger than me, stronger than me, because I was a small, I was a smaller guy coming in the, in the high school. I um, mean, practice, practice used to be brutal. They used to be, I mean, they used to, we used to get beat up on. And uh, you, I mean, you know them guys, Jerron and rest in peace, Jerron and Kevion and uh, DeAndre Folks and then Bear. I mean, that team was loaded that year, my freshman year. Like I said, they, I think they only, they only lost like four or five games. Those practices used to just be rough. Just come after you on defense. <laughs> Offensively, they were huge. I, and I took my bumps and bruises, but like I said, I, I waited my time and then I took some stuff that I learned from them and in practices getting beat up on and then I transitioned it into practice. And then by the time, my sophomore, junior, senior year, you know, uh, I had the ball in my hands. I was able to make plays, and the rest was history. 
so let me because I know now that you're coaching and you had a younger team this year and mm-hmm. like you didn't have the group of seniors for girls to have to wait their time but for mm-hmm. a young player that is coming to a good situation because you want to go into a good situation you can go to a team that's winning to where you be part of a winning culture but how important how important is it to understand that sometimes you got to wait your turn and it's not sometimes it's not you it's just that you got to wait your turn yeah we're the uh, situation I'm in now, the school I'm at, they were had a very good winning uh, program a couple of years ago where they had a uh, five or six senior girls that grew up playing together for a long time. And then um, just a couple of years, they've had a down, they've had a downfall. And now I'm trying to get it back to where it was. I'm starting the feeder program. So I got the third and the fifth grader, the third through uh, the third through fifth grade coming in. I'm working with them Mondays and Wednesdays and then the middle school girls there in their season. But after their season's over, we'll get to, work with them but um my young team this year all freshmen and sophomores we, we, we got beat up on this year <laughs> nobody took it easy on us so you know it's just a lot of teaching a lot of teaching moments and then uh you know telling them what's, what to expect but uh next year I know they all have a year under their belt they all have, have a year coached uh, under me so I got some good expectations going into the next year and we got some some good girls coming in from the eighth grade so what's some of the things you look forward to coming this will be your first offseason I mean, and like you say, you have a young team. Obviously, you're gonna take your bumps and bruises. I think, I think my freshman year at Southside, we won four games. I mean, like, I mean, I don't think we were young though. I think like Steph and Greg were like juniors. We won like four games. But yeah, what's some, <laughs> we were trash. What, um, what's some of the things that you kind of want to work on in your first offseason with the girls? A young team, like you said, you took some losses, but you still want to encourage the girls that next year we're gonna be better. So what's some of the things that you want to work on, you want to implement as a coach? Or even to those middle school girls, to those elementary girls, what's some of those things that you're instilling in your program throughout this offseason? Um, a lot of the things that I'm doing here now is back to the basics, basic fundamentals, because a lot of kids don't have it, especially when you go watch it, some of these boys and these girls nowadays. Some kids don't even know what a jump stop is. So a lot of stuff is just basics, man. I do. We do a lot of ball handling, about ten to twenty minutes of ball handling. We're working on. We're working on your working your weekend. If you can't go left, we're gonna work on that a lot. Um, but really, like I said, just basics, basic fundamentals, bro. It's it's, it's lacking nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious. What would you? What's one of the reasons you would say it's lacking? Um, just like I said, there's been the last couple of years I've watched, I'll see kids where um, I'll see a trainer working with a kid on a step back instead of working with this kid going a left hand or just last year before the pandemic hit, I was, in, I sat, in, I sat in speech after I was, a, I sat and talked to some kids. I sat and watched this dude work with his son. His son couldn't, his son couldn't use his left hand and he was teaching him spin moves and Euro steps in the paint for 25 minutes, for 25 minutes. And I, I just got up and left because I was, I mean. Just a lot, of, like just a lot, a lot of times you see people that just they said they watch the NBA and they're like, well, I'm gonna show my kid this. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, it's good to see somebody working with their son or stuff, but it sucks because they're teaching them the wrong thing. But it is what it is. No, <laughs> 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 nah, and outside of coaching, do you? I'm just curious. Do you do any training and whatnot? Yeah, I, I actually started training right when I got done with IPFW. I got thrown into it. Um, I wasn't, I hadn't been, like, I hadn't, hadn't really been involved in the game or whatever with my injury. So then I kind of slowly got back into it. I started working with a couple of, uh, a couple of, a couple of boys. One just, uh, one's a senior this year at Cherubusco, and then the other one is playing up in Dearborn. But um, Chris Paul's uh, sons, those are the first kids I started working with. But uh, 
after that, like I, my clientele base, I've been doing it for years, like my six, six or seven year I've been training. So I've been doing it for a while now. Where are you training at now? So I just partnered up with OPS. So I do all my training through there. We just brought our whole girls program over there, our AAU program. So all our stuff is through OPS, but um, they have, they'll be, they're building another six core facility in Fort Wayne that'll be done in August. So we'll have Sport One, OPS, and then a uh, Turnstone, and then Speece will still be open. So that I think we'll have like 25 cores all within a 15 to 20 mile radius. Yeah, so you can get it anywhere. And the reason I asked, I knew all of that, obviously, but I definitely for, cause like, cause I train as well. So for mm-hmm. kids out there listening, for parents, especially in Fort Wayne, if you're looking for a guy that is teaching the fundamentals, teaching the skills of the game, not just out there doing things that your kid would never do in a game or shouldn't do in a game or doing things that you look at other kids and say, why are they doing that? It's Justin is definitely a guy to get with. But um, but back on coaching side, because I'm always curious to just, just understand, because you were a great player. Is mm-hmm. it easy going into coaching from a player's perspective or does it make that harder? No, it's hard. You got to remember as a player, you can determine the outcome sometimes. <laughs> You, you know, like, if they got a good player, you know you're a good defensive player. You know, I'm going to guard him. He's not going to score. You know, you can't determine that. You can devise up a, a plan and try to try to uh, get that plan done, but at the end of the day, sometimes it don't happen like that. <laughs> so that, um, I ran into that situation a few times this year. I had a bunch of great girls, a bunch of great kids. Just none of them played enough basketball. None of them played enough basketball. So it was just a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching. And there was times literally at, at halftime I wanted to put gasoline in my uh, water bottle <laughs> or some tequila. But like I said, at the end of the day, great, great kids, man. But I'd say that's the biggest part when you're coaching. Like biggest part as a player, that pl- a player, coach or whatever, you can't determine the outcomes all the time. You're, you can come up with a great game plan. It might not all happen, but that's how it goes. Through coaching, what's something that you've learned about yourself? The patience that I have, the patience. You know, as a, uh, you know, you always have that favorite coach you ever played for that just lets you play through your mistakes. You know, you never want to have a coach that's always harping on you if you keep messing up constantly. I let a lot of stuff go. I mean, I, uh, I had, a, I had a third grade team a couple of years ago, and those little girls, boy, who kept me on my toes. But yeah, um, the biggest thing for me is patience. Like I said, I let I, I try to let my girls play through their mistakes because you don't want somebody yelling at you all the time. Play through your right. mistakes. But if you get to making three or four mistakes, then I'm going to let you know about yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's real. That's real. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously, you play for a lot of great coaches. You play on a lot of good teams. You play with a lot of great players, which we didn't even really touch on your AAU days, which we will. But because mm-hmm. for, for seeing a guy like you, and from my perspective, having two girls, that obviously I want them to play basketball. I don't think my older one will. I think my younger one will. But seeing someone actually take the time to teach a game, have patience behind it, but also been able to can also go out there and do it. Like I mean, because you, you can still you can still go out there and do it. I think mm-hmm. that separates, especially young coaches sometimes nowadays, because kids nowadays they want to take instruction, but they also sometimes want to know if you can do it too. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. how, so how big is it for you to um, with your program? see the future, understand that we may have took some lumps here, but to see a long, long car as a coach and not get frustrated with the immediate stance of the program now. I think the biggest thing is you got to have a, a plan and then you got to start to map that plan out. And then you got to have, you got to set goals for your program. 
like this year, my goal is to have 14 girls. I ended up having 15 and one got hurt because last year, and then another goal was to have a JV team. They didn't have a JV team last year. We had a JV team. And then next year, everybody will be back. And then I'll have these eighth grade girls coming in. So I think you got to have a plan and then you got to map it out. And then you also got to work on, you got to, I mean, you got to, you got to have a big off season. You got to work with these kids. Cause a lot of the, a lot of times just a lot of people will take like these jobs, these smaller jobs just to, you know, make more money or, you know, they're just taking it for their own reasons. I had a couple, I had a couple goals and a couple in, in a, a plan that I still, I'm still working on or whatever, but those are my, those are my goals that we met them this year. And then I got some that are set for this upcoming season, but this uh, off season is going to be huge because I didn't get a, I didn't get a summer with them last year because of COVID, but I get one now. So we get to go on these shootouts. I get to work with them for like a couple of weeks and then we can go from there. Oh, that's big. And I mean, obviously it's important to have an off season just so the girls get comfortable with you. You get more comfortable with the girls. But I mean, mm -hmm. I definitely, I've never even, I mean, you said that to me and I never even thought about other things that coaches have to do outside of just coach the teams, even in high school. Cause you talk yeah. about they didn't have a JV team last year. We got to build a JV team. So it's bigger mm -hmm. than just the, obviously you want to win and you want to have a successful season, but it's sometimes it's bigger than that. Sometimes it's about yeah. building the entire program to have, longevity because it's tough not having a JV team when you have a varsity team exactly I, I don't even understand how that could work so what is the sophomores that were on your team this year they just went straight from freshman to varsity yeah that's why a lot of the girls I played learning experience yeah, you know you know varsity you know, a, and you know and you know varsity is a big jump from going JV yeah. to varsity so yeah right. like um yeah it was it was it was a lot man it was a, lot, it was, yeah, it was a learning experience for me too yeah um oh, that's real no, that's good. I appreciate you. <laughs> that's a big responsibility. <laughs> nah, you ain't just a lot of a lot of people will walk into a situation, but you took on you. It seemed like you took on a situation that you knew what you were taking on, having to build yeah. something from the ground up. Yeah, I am. Um, cool. Yeah, I tip I tiptoed around, be uh, taking a head job for the last couple of years, and I just felt like this was a good opportunity and situation for me. So. So, man. Yeah, I hope you're there. Mm -hmm. uh, my oldest, I hope my old, I convinced my oldest to play. She might come play for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's, it's different out here. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the, uh, so, so back when, you, like I said, kind of when I was sneaking into workouts, when Brian was inviting me to workouts, when Justin was mm -hmm. running the town, getting 30, averaging 27 a game, thinking top five score in the state. When you go on when you go on those AAU tournaments, you're from a small town, you're from Fort Wayne. What would that be like going into some of the biggest tournaments, playing against some of the top names? Because then I'm bringing this up because I don't think a lot of people understand who you used to match up with in the summertime outside of Fort Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we you you know obviously we were Spice Indy Heat guys, so we always had a we always had a good team. So I can remember. Uh, me and Deshaun going on the bus, a charter bus to Arkansas, playing in the real deal on the hill. And then we're playing our first game. We might play against Lance Stevenson or somebody or John Wall. So, you know, we're from Indiana. So they're like, man, we're about to smash these guys. And we, we would always beat the best teams and then lose to a team that had like Russell Athletics jerseys. And, you know, Todd just used to go nuts. But yeah, we, um, one summer we beat one summer we beat Rodney Magruder's team. Um, we beat John Wall and then by like thirty. Uh, we never got to play against Jordy Holes. Um, his his NAA league team they were always pretty good. We'd always we'd always like lose the game for to get to get to them. Um, 
But yeah, one summer we played John Wall's team, John Rodney Magruder, um, Tommy, uh, Tommy Mason Griffin. Um, mm. Yeah, there was we played Demarcus Cousins one year. We beat we beat all of them and then lose to the Terre Haute Jammer. So <laughs> this is how it went. But yeah. Is yeah, there any, any games that stick out to you or any matchups that you can remember? Anyone that you just really want to go at? I wanted to go at Jordan Holes. <laughs> but uh uh John Wall John Wall was a good one. That's when he was like starting to blow up on YouTube. Yeah. He was just stupid fast, stupid fast. And I was I was quick as well. That was a good one. And then um we always matched up against the Spisa Central Stars. They had um my man that played, he played at Purdue. I can't think of his name. Barlow, Kelsey. Kelsey Barlow, yep. Yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey was on that team with Jared Hamilton. We always play against them in like a championship. Those were always good matchups. And then um, we played the D1 Greyhounds a couple of years. They had a couple guys go to Ohio, Ohio State. Um, but those, yeah, those are those are some good ones. We'd always play. And then we played um, Mac Irving Fire one year in the, um, the Run and Slam Championship. Lost to them in double overtime due to the half court shot. That um, I can't. DJ Paul was that his name? Paul Brandon Paul. Brandon Paul. Brandon Paul was on. Brandon Paul was on that team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was. He was on that team, or he was on Illinois Wolves. We beat them that year. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of good matchups, man. A lot of good matchups. Yeah, and I, and just going back to kind of what you said earlier, just the different gyms now that's building in Fort Wayne. Because you saying all these matchups, you say something about the running slam. Mm-hmm. I go to Spice. I see the pick. I was just vision in my head. What was that like growing up playing at Spice Fieldhouse? What does Spice Fieldhouse mean to you? God, it was like <laughs> it was. It, there's really no words for it. I mean, you know, we we go there, work out all the time. It was just like the Omega Force, it's like another home, a second home. Right. You know, we go work out with Jared at six a.m. before school, and then we go work out again with him after school. But um, just seeing what's going on with it now is sad because, like I said, I. Could remember my first time walking in there and I was like 10 years old. I got to watch Robert Vaden play. Um, he was playing against my cousin. They were beating the brakes off of them. He was on a municipal gardens team. They were huge. I think they were in like the eighth grade. It was like him, um, AJ, uh, I can't think of his name. He played at IU. They were loaded though. His team was loaded. They they, uh, they they won some big tournament. The whole place smelled like pain for years. But yeah, I mean, just seeing all, just seeing how it is now. It just I hate going in it because it, it just they just let it just go to go to waste. But uh, Spice was like another home for us. I mean, you know how you know how it was. I used to love going there to work out. Uh, facts, facts. Yeah. And now, uh, Justin, man, from from AAU watching you to playing you at Northside when I was a freshman. I mean, it's always been just a good time being around, understanding the leadership that you brought, the mentorship that you brought. I'm excited for the young the young women that get to grow up under your leadership, but also just the young people. Obviously, you're in the school system, you're in the school. So even even then you're in a different area than the area that I grew up in, I'm excited for the impact that you can make where you are. You know what I mean? I think you definitely make a lot of impact, especially not just within basketball. But then I'm also, I mean, you have an AAU program as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, my bad. I didn't even ask you about the AU program. Well, how big is <laughs> how, how big is your AU program? Because I definitely that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, but I went right by it. You got a no, lot going on, man. I do, I do. Yeah, man. I appreciate those words. You know, I just I can remember when you were in the eighth grade and you started training with me 
my uh, sophomore going to my junior year. And I used to, I told Jared, I used to hate working out with people. And I remember you came out of his car. I was like, man, what is, I'm like, man, what's he doing here? He was like, he, he, he knew, he's like, man, he's working out with us. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then you know, ever since then, you've been like a little brother to me. So it's been all, it's been all love, bro. It's been all love. <laughs> but, um, you know, to answer your question, man, um, we've got, right now we've got six teams. We got four high school teams and then we have an eighth grade and a seventh grade team. And, um, I said we just partnered up with Lutheran Hospital here, OPS. So our teams are now OPS. But it was um, we started. This is my. This would have been my third year having the program. But uh, it was me and David Goodwill. It's it, it was it was a. It started off. We were small. We had a couple of teams, couple of high school teams, and then it just it just blew up from there. We you know we're genuine. We we're always honest, and um, now we're to the point where we got kids from Ohio. We got kids from Michigan. We coached girls from all over the place. So we we get we get good players, and then we. We have them at a young age and we keep them together because girls are a little different than boys. They got the shoe, um, they got the EYBO and all that stuff. But for girls, if you're good enough, you, I mean, you're going to get seen. You don't need to be like on a circuit or whatever. But if we do have one of them diamond in the rough girls that is just elite, we do try to put them in the rest of the best direction. But for the most part, we, uh, you, you know, we, we keep it genuine and we, we um, help girls get into school and then we go from there and push them. Dope. And what would you say would be the biggest difference from coaching AAU to coaching high school? Um, I have, you know, I'm at a two-way school. So I got four A girls, and you can just tell the difference in their bodies and stuff. But AAU, like, I've been spoiled since I've been coaching. Every team I've had, I've had I've had one or two girls go Division One or NAI. Like, uh, last year we had um, – we had nine girls, eight of them went on NAIA. The year before that was the best team I've ever had in my 20s. I had three girls go to – four girls go Division One, two go D2, and then a couple go NAIA. So – and then right now my 23s, I've got four of them that will probably go Division One, and then the rest of them will go to – they'll go D1 or D2 or NAIA. So I've been – I guess I've been, I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled with talent, man. So then I got to go – Yeah, so I go from that, and then I go to my two-way – so, yeah. you, you you see the comparison from there. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, um, do you, are you looking to do younger? I know you said seventh through high school. Are you doing sixth and elementary, or is that you just leaving? Yeah, we've now? we've got we'll have a we'll have a sixth grade team in August. And I guess I told you I had a third grade team a few years ago. They're all they're all six they're all sixth and seventh graders right now. But I've had I've had a third grade team. Well, we're going to be working on a fourth grade team, depending on our numbers, but. Uh, like I said, we just take it one, we take it time, one time at a, you know, one thing at a time. So we don't like to have multiple teams and divisions because then you got to, then that's more work. But right. it, I think where we're at right now, it's going to blow up. So we'll probably will end up having a lot more teams. So but we'll see how it goes. We, like, we've had great feedback since we partnered up with Lutheran Hospital. So it's been awesome. And what's the name of your program? We were timed the ball. Now we're, we merged. So now we're, we're all OPS. OPS. Nah, yeah, so if you're looking for an AAU program, whether you be in Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, West Lafayette, Ohio, Michigan, as Justin just said, definitely look at OPS because, I mean, you clearly can hear the passion behind what you're saying. You're obviously clearly sending girls off to college. And it's bigger than just, like you just said, it's bigger than just getting them. It's bigger than just basketball. And I always try to make things bigger than basketball, but I know you as a person. I know you're not just X, uh, X is a no type of guy. You want these women to be successful people in real life. You know what I mean? 
So that's mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for all you got going on from AAU to high school ball to training. I don't see how you have time to do to do anything else. Yeah, my yeah, my fiance she hates it. <laughs> hey Justin, Justin, where where can we follow you? Where can where can we see your work? Or if someone wants to get in contact with you to train or join your AAU program, or what if a girl listens to this and they want to transfer to Whitco? How can we get in contact with you? Um, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Justin Jordan012. Or um, you yeah, always reach out to me. Um, I'm on OPS's website. You can go to optimalperformanceports.com. I'm on there. And then, um, I mean, you just look me up. I'm, I'm, I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. So, <laughs> well, no, JJ, I appreciate you joining us again. I mean, like I said, the best point, the best point guard, the best guard to probably play at Northside. Uh, probably one of the best guards that come through the city of Fort Wayne. I stack it up against anybody. I mean, anybody would have had a conversation. So, I mean, <laughs> To be able to do what you're doing now in the community with basketball, with the youth, um, still living your life through the ball, it's really, really cool to see. I can't wait till these freshmen and sophomores in your program become juniors and juniors and seniors. Hopefully y'all can make a state run. That'd be real cool to see, man. But, I mean, if you're out there, definitely check out JJ, what he got going on. Check out our basketball camps at RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. Um, two spring break camps this month in uh, West Lafayette. But then also we have our Fort Wayne Community School Spring Break Camp and our Fort Wayne um, in April 5th through 7th. We're raising money still to send as many kids to camp for free. It's a hard, hard year, hard time for everybody. A lot of kids want to play ball. A lot of kids want to be in the gym. So we're just raising money to send kids to camps, clinics, just play basketball all year round. Uh, like, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Rayfield Davis podcast, Boiler with Rayfield Davis. A lot of exciting news coming forward. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Any last words, AJ? Nah, man, appreciate you having me. Go Boilers, go Dons. (laughs) Nah, man, get that Don shit out of here. (laughs) Boiler up. (laughs)